on today's episode of the Blue Bloods. Uh, I'm completely and utterly unstoppable. I just cannot pick game wrong anymore. Uh, we have our pick six recap, risers and movers, dumpster fires, top performers. We'll cap it off with bad beats. Oh, yeah, and we have a new segment, Things We Missed. So uh, today's a huge show. It always is. So let's go ahead and kick it off. Okay, so I can't be the only one who thought that this week of college football wouldn't be super entertaining, um, especially after last week. Last week, we had the most ranked matchups of the season to this point. And then this week, all of a sudden, games just come out of nowhere and start to impress me. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. Uh, so let's go ahead and start our pick six. Uh, our first matchup was number nine, Florida, visiting South Carolina. I had Florida winning this game, uh, and, and with a lot of help from the referees, they did, and they covered. So. Uh, I mean, I kind of agreed with the South Carolina fans when they started throwing their towels and cups on the field. Like, if I were there, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree, and I was not surprised. I mean, to be fair, that one, I think the call they started doing that on was actually a decent call. Like, the dude straight up tried to rip the face mask off the wide receiver. But, you know, once you have a series of bad calls, I think the refs lost their trust. And, you know, it's an 11 a.m. game. It was raining. They're all drunk. Like, so why not throw everything on the field? I mean, I completely understand. Uh, so on, on our uh, on our preview episode, I said that that South Carolina win over Georgia was a fluke. I may have to eat those words. Maybe it wasn't a fluke, or maybe this was just a trap game for Florida. Uh, in any case, I mean, Florida won and covered. But there was a good majority of this game where I thought South Carolina was going to just mess up the entire dynamic of the SEC East. Yeah, man, that that uh like flea flicker play they ran, I guess I think it was on it was like their first or second play, I believe. Perfect. I mean, and then he mossed the Florida defender. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful. And I was super impressed with South Carolina, but I was also super impressed with Kyle Trask again, man. I mean, two hundred yards, four touchdowns. You know, they their running game was decent. They had one breakout huge you know, long run, but I think Kyle Trask is the truth and he has been killing it recently. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, 200 yards passing, four touchdowns. I mean, that's a great game. Uh, he did have an interception, but who cares about that? You have four touchdowns and 200 yards passing. Uh, 21 for 31 on the day, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the only thing that led this, uh, this Florida team to victory today, or I'm sorry, not today, yesterday, actually, we're recording the day after. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, well, Michael P. Ryan didn't look great again. Uh, he wasn't even the team's leading rusher. I mean, as, as RB1, you have to do something. Um, but, I mean, Kyle Trask receivers made it happen this weekend, um, and I think that made all the difference for this Florida team. Yeah, I, it really did. And I think I, I, with, you know, other people losing in the division, I mean, Florida is – I think it takes a commanding, you know – I think they take control of the SEC East because, I mean, Georgia looks 
horrible. Oh, Missouri nice. looked even worse. And so I think Florida is on their path to represent the SEC East in the SEC championship game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they're definitely the front runner right now. We, I mean, we had Missouri as the number one in the SEC East leading up to this week, but apparently I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, you know, I make fun of other conferences. I make fun of the Pac-12 for just being destroyed from the inside out. And and we'll get to that in our next matchup. But I wanted the world to crumble yesterday. Uh, but just watching <laughs> Florida. Florida almost dropped this game to South Carolina. I, I thought I was going to have to go back. I mean, the SEC West is still representing. So it wouldn't have been as bad as maybe uh, the Pac-12 self-imploding or the Big Ten apparently also self-imploding. But uh, – you know, it, it, it was it was very close uh, to me having to dub them my dumpster fire, but I didn't, so that's great. Uh, so let's go and move on to our next matchup, and this is the one that I was just foreshadowing. We have number 12, Oregon, visiting number 25, Washington, in Seattle. Washington was the three-point dog, and for most of this game, I thought they were going to prove everybody wrong. I thought they were going to win this game, but this Oregon team is just, I mean, they're legit. They're the real deal, I think. Yeah, I think they took a huge step um, in, you know, making the playoffs. Because, I mean, if people keep losing above them, they're going to sneak their way in. And I think Justin Herbert looked better than ever. He had 280 for four touchdowns. Uh, Oregon's run game showed up. You know, they were down by 14, but they rallied. And, you know, they took this game on the road in a pretty hostile environment. The weather wasn't great either because, you know, it's Seattle. Um, you know, I'm very, very impressed with this Oregon team. I think the defense needed a little time to wake up. And this was a complete shift from the game we saw them play against Auburn where they allowed a bunch of first, a bunch of second-half points. They held Washington scoreless in the fourth quarter, and that ended up being a huge difference. I mean, it made all the difference in the world. Uh, the first note I took for this game was that this game was just awesome. Uh, this was I watched this entire game uh, from start to finish. The LSU game was on at the same time. That didn't matter. They were playing state, so uh, <laughs> I watched I watched this Oregon Washington game, uh, or at least the majority of it, and it was awesome. And for three quarters of this game, my take about Jacob Eason looking like the best quarterback on the field was a million percent correct. But Justin Herbert came out in the fourth quarter. I mean, he he kept up with him, but in the fourth quarter, he really just showed out and. Um, that made all the difference in this matchup. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Justin Herbert's the, the best quarterback on the field. And, I, you know, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, no, like that just came out of my mouth. So I had to double down on it. If anybody knows me, they know that I can't admit when I'm wrong. I will not admit when I'm wrong. And so I doubled down on that take. I, I'm going to have to eat those words. Justin Herbert's obviously the better quarterback here. I'm, I'm glad you finally understand that, man. But I, I think an interesting, you know, stat from this game is that Oregon spread around the ball to three or four different running backs while Washington leaned on one guy and that one guy was Salvin Ahmed and he had 140 yards and a touchdown but Oregon had their top three running backs had 14 carries eight carries and 11 carries and they all put up about 50 yards and one of them had a touchdown and I think that really d did play a difference in the game because I'm sure Washington's only running back that really did anything was very tired, got worn down throughout the game. So the fact that Oregon has enough running backs to spread the ball around like that is going to pay off dividends later in the season. 
but Washington's running back, uh, Ahmed, he looked awesome, dude. I mean, the yeah, entire the entire day, I, every single time they handed the ball to him, I was like, okay, well, that's, I mean, that's the guy. Uh, they did have their backup come in a few times, and I found myself yelling at the TV every single time he came in because, I mean, Ahmed was, was breaking off, like, at least 10-yard carries almost every single time he touched the ball. I mean, not literally, but uh, – and, and then the backup comes in, he gets stopped at the line. So I, I was yelling a little bit, uh, mostly just because I wanted to see chaos in the Pac-12. Uh, that's really what I'm rooting for. And so uh, I, I did have Oregon winning this game. So I'm 2-0 and so far. Uh, I was 12-0 and for the past two weeks, not to brag. But I did want to see the chaos situation. I was rooting against a few of my own picks this weekend. I mean, it's okay, guys. He can only go undefeated because he can only pick favorites. But, I mean – We'll get we'll get into that later, Zach. Uh, so, <laughs> quick quick thing: Why is Washington's field sponsored by Alaska Airlines? Does anyone know that? I think that Alaska Airlines is actually out of Seattle for some reason. I don't know why it's Alaska Airlines, but I believe that is headquartered in Seattle for whatever reason. Okay, that's so, weird. Yeah, I mean, so, are, fun fact, Brandon. I mean, you don't see any other college state other college fields be sponsored like that. That's true. I mean, it was all over the place. Uh, one of the things I did like about Oregon's uniforms this weekend, and this is kind of off topic, but they had the uh, Nike swoosh where the team's logo typically is on their jersey, like right there underneath the collar. And then they had the, the Oregon logo where the Nike swoosh usually is or wherever, you know, whatever uniform manufacturer you use. But they switched it up. Cool little thing. I'm, I'm sure no one else noticed that. It was just me. Uh, I'm just one of those people. And so – that was that was kind of that was kind of cool for me. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was that both of these defenses look mortal, and I don't know. I think both of these defenses are still great, and they're still going to be powers in the Pac-12, and maybe even in the country. I mean, uh, but they both allowed over 400 total yards. Uh, I mean, the final score was 35-31, so apparently they had to, and that blew the 49 point over under out of the water. You know, before before we were in ha- we were even halfway through the third quarter. Uh, but Oregon pulled out this victory. Uh, they made this comeback. I mean, at one point, Washington was up 28-14, to 14, and that's what playoff teams do. Uh, I still think Oregon's a playoff caliber team. If they can win out and if a couple other teams lose in front of them, I think that they can sneak their way in, like Zach said earlier in the segment. And, uh, I mean, this is what playoff teams do. They make comebacks. Uh, they make. I mean, they were playing on the road, too, and in this this – uh, stadium they're playing in, I've been told, is actually pretty hard to compete in. It, it sounded loud on, on TV. Did, 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 didn't you say like two weeks ago you told me I was an idiot for saying that? Yes, I did. And, you know, I don't trust you, but I trust other people who told me that. So, mm, Gotcha, yeah. bro. Hey, I just want to say, you know, the logic guy, you know, knows the stuff. I'm, I mean, I, I heard it on TV this week. And I saw it for myself. And so it was it was so loud. It just sounded loud on TV. And that's that's hard to do when the, when the game starts at 1230 Pacific time. So. Uh, most people are still asleep, but uh, I don't have too much more to talk about in this matchup. I mean, Oregon looked incredible, and Washington looked incredible that they you know, they gave up the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Not and I mean, wa- I mean, Washington comes like falls to five and three, and I mean, this is a team that had big playoff hopes, man, and they still have to play number thirteen Utah in two weeks. And then they go on the road to Colorado, and we've seen what happens What happens to teams that go to Colorado on the road. And, you know, they still have the last game with Washington State. So this team was, might be in some trouble. They need to figure it out. They have the talent to be okay, but 
they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So let's go ahead and move on to our obligatory ACC matchup of the week. Well, we had Duke at Virginia. Uh, full disclosure, before the last episode, I texted Zach, wanted to see which ACC matchup he wanted to do, and I gave him the choice between uh, between Duke, Virginia, and UNC, Virginia Tech. I feel like we should have gone with the UNC, Virginia Tech. That game went to six <laughs> overtimes instead of this 48-14 massacre um, of Duke by Virginia this weekend. Uh, I had Virginia as well, so 3-0 and if, if anyone's keeping score at home. Um, I'm going to try to brag as little as possible on this part of the segment, but I was right on every single part that I said in the, in the preview episode. <laughs> I mean, I leaned into my dumb brains pick. I picked Virginia. Uh, I still think Bryce Perkins is a bum. He went 13 for 26 this weekend, 141 yards passing. No touchdowns, but one interception. Three rushing touchdowns, so I guess that's okay. Uh, but the most important takeaway I had from Bryce Perkins in this game is that he plays football the same way that I play Road to Glory um, on NCAA 14. So when I make a player, usually quarterback, uh, I always call pass plays. Who doesn't? This leaves the door wide open for me or for my player to scramble and rush on every single play. Uh, if my team has first and goal from the five-yard line or closer, my team might as well not even have a, a running back or a fullback because I'm just going to call a pass play from the gun I'm never even going to hesitate. I'm not even going to think twice about taking off running as soon as I catch the snap. So that's Bryce Perkins. I mean, if that's what you want, then okay. But uh, I don't know how feasible this is in college football, and it's definitely not, you know, it's not going to translate well at all to the NFL. So I didn't get to watch this game, uh, you know, and I was looking at the stats this morning, and I was like, you know, how does a team whose quarterback goes – 13 for 26, 141 with no touchdowns, score 48 points. And then I saw Duke had five turnovers and Virginia returned to kickoff. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. But this game was just terrible from every indication. I've seen highlights of everything. This game was horrible, guys. I I don't even know what to say. I mean, Virginia scored 38 points – in or no no even even worse I mean they scored 41 points in two quarters they had no points in the first quarter and only scored one touchdown in the fourth yeah I mean they loaded up the second and third quarter yeah definitely um I I mean and and like I said in the last episode I said that Quentin Harris can just cannot continue to carry this Duke team on his shoulders um he could not he couldn't uh yeah he also went 13 for 26 not a great look. Um, he also had two – I'm sorry, he had two interceptions, whereas Bryce Perkins yeah. only had one. He had a passing touchdown. But the worst part of it all for this Duke team is that he was their leading rusher this weekend. And guess how many yards he had? He rushed for 37 <laughs> yards, and he was the team's leading rusher. Oh, I mean, you God, just can't tough. do that. You can't do that. That's so tough. That dude – I mean, the the crazy part is Duke had two quarterbacks play this weekend, and their combined QBR is 28. If you add both numbers together, it's 28. Sounds real bad. Quentin Harris had a QBR of 11. Oh, my gosh. No, I mean, I want to defend him, but I can't. How do you defend that? I don't know, man. Duke is, uh, like, you know – 
uh, put all my faith in Duke this week. They let me down. Uh, I don't understand why I picked Duke, but you know, you said you leaned into your dumb brain, but a but a broken clock is right two times every day. So there you go. Okay, I mean that that hurt. I'm not gonna lie to you, um, but <laughs> but whatever. Uh, we'll keep rolling with the punches, I guess. So let's go <sighs> on to our next matchup. Uh, we had number 18 Baylor visiting Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was a three and a half point favorite in this one. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about this one. Because guess what? Baylor was not the favorite in this one, Zach. And I still won this matchup. Baylor still won. They won outright. <laughs> I got my moment of nostalgia before Baylor got into all of their uh, – into all of, I guess, bad habits is what I can call it. Um, so now they're back to the Baylor that we all knew and loved before all of the bad stuff happened. Um and they won this game 45-27. Uh, they won. They covered. And I, I don't even know what else to say about it. So I'm going to let you take over. Oh, that is – like, this segment is going to turn into a please get rid of Spencer Sanders podcast. I As mean, it should. Segment, whatever. I mean, this dude is so garbage. I can't even explain how garbage he is. I mean, you'd think I, they I, would have somebody, somebody in their roster that could play quarterback. I mean, because they've got one of the best running backs in the nation in Chuba Hubbard. Not only that, but they have maybe the best wide receiver or one of the best wide receivers for sure in Tylen Wallace. And then you just have Spencer Sanders just messing up everything, you know, dropping the ball and letting that be returned for a touchdown by this Baylor defense. I mean, he just looks so bad. He just pisses me off, man. He is – oh, my Lord. Like, Chuba Hubbard had an amazing game. 171 yards, two touchdowns. But then you got this JV quarterback out here who's just so trash. I don't I don't know. I don't even know how they got a scholarship. I don't know why Oklahoma State wants him. Uh, just get rid of him. Go to the transfer portal. You can get somebody. Just get someone who can hand the ball off to Chuba Hubbard and get Tyler Wallace the ball sometimes. There was a receiver that looked really good. I'm sorry, not a receiver, a quarterback that did look really good on this field this weekend, and that was Charlie Brewer. I don't understand how you only have 13 completions. I mean, he went 13 for 17, so that's really good. But 13 completions for 312 yards passing, that's incredible. I mean, those numbers don't make sense to me. I don't know. I mean – he he played a heck of a game, uh, and I mean he's the big reason that Baylor, you know, is still undefeated somehow. Because they're I mean, back to their glory days, dude. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it's a good thing that they get the death penalty. But they play West Virginia and TCU in the next three-ish weeks. They have a bye week in there, but. I think, you know, the matchup with Oklahoma is going to get real interesting because I can see them beating TCU in West Virginia and being 9-0 going into the Oklahoma game. Yeah, and, sure. you know, they're going to be extremely dangerous. And, uh, I mean, if they go undefeated, can you give them a playoff berth? Because I don't think that's allowed. I don't I don't know. I, I feel like they didn't necessarily have, like, a formal uh, death penalty, but – Everyone knows. I mean, the playoff committee has probably been told to not put them in it, and that's why they're still ranked 18th in the country and they're undefeated. I mean, this is a Baylor team. We're not talking about, like, Appalachian State. We're talking about a Power 5 team 
who is undefeated through nine or through eight weeks now, um, who is ranked number 18 in the country. As of right now, um, we full, I mean, we are recording before the AP poll comes out today, but at the same time, I mean, they were six and zero through seven weeks last weekend and they were ranked 18. So I don't know. Um, it, there's, there's probably something going on there as there should be. Um, but, but, uh, you know, it, it's Baylor. They're back to what they were a couple of years ago uh, under the, I'm not going to say great regime because I don't want to get, I don't, I don't know. I'm probably gonna have someone come after me for that. So uh, Baylor looks good again. That's cool. Uh, they probably won't make the playoff, but, they do probably pose the or pose the biggest threat to Oklahoma at this point, just because their defense is so powerful. I don't think that Oklahoma's seen a defense like this. I'm not going to say I think Baylor wins because I definitely don't think that. I think Oklahoma's too is too good, but uh, they do. I mean, this this is definitely the best defense that Oklahoma will face when they play. I mean, Jalen Hurts is ready. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. He looks really good right now. Uh, we'll get to that probably later, but we will. Yeah, we will so. definitely get to that. But I mean, I just, I still am shocked about Baylor because really yeah. until last week, I didn't even know they were undefeated. To be honest with you, I was like, "What?" <laughs> Zach heard me say that, and he was like, "Wait, hold on." But wow. Let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. Uh, another Pac-12 matchup. We had two of those this week for whatever reason. And so we, we've got Arizona State visiting Utah. Um, and like I said, I, you know, I'm not going to brag too much, but I was right about this one too. 5-0, uh, whoever's keeping track of this. But that's not what I was necessarily right about. The th- most, thing I was most right about is that I said this game would be boring, and it was. It was, it was a 21-3 victory for Utah. Not a I'm great game. So, I'm just okay. I know. I listen. I I know. I picked Utah to win. They did. I should be happy. But Jaden Daniels should be exiled to like another country, man. I'm this glad you kid. said exiled because I thought you were going to go with executed, and <laughs> might have been a step too far. A little overreaction. That would have been a bad beat. But <laughs> I mean, would have been canceled. Dude, he went four for 18, 25, 25 yards, yards. And, an inter- and an interception. Dude, his, <laughs> his, he averaged 1.4 yards per throw. No, I mean, <laughs> I can't even – he had a touchdown. He had a touchdown run. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm sorry. No, he didn't. No, I, take he didn't. I take that back. I take that back. Sorry. He had 16 carries for eight yards, and his longest run was for eight yards. Yeah, I mean – my favorite I mean, thing, my favorite thing about this matchup, I think, is that the one scoring drive that Arizona State did have. Guess how? Guess how many yards they got on that drive? Negative four. They got negative four yards on that drive. <laughs> Over four <laughs> plays, it was a three and out, and they, they, uh, I mean, they got a field goal, and that's because Utah had four turnovers in this matchup. But mm. this game, this game was so boring. I, I didn't want to watch it. But, but, dude. His QBR was four. I didn't even know you could score that. I thought this was like the ACT where the lowest score was like a 12. But he, he did it. He scored a four. Uh, I mean, I don't understand. Like, how was this team ranked with this kid at quarterback? Uh, m- I think it's mostly because they haven't really played a whole lot of great competition. They play in the Pac-12. That's the first thing. We know about the Pac-12. They're imploding. They're destroying themselves. They're crumbling from the inside out. 
And so that's probably how, if I had to guess. You know, this is the second worst quarterback performance, I think, of the week, in my opinion. Second worst, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I would. Oh, really just think. wait. Okay. Just wait. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on. This game was so boring that we don't even want to talk about it. So, uh, <laughs> with our last matchup of the day, we've got, we've got Michigan visiting oh, Penn Lord. State. Zach, would you like to would you like to kick this one off? No, I, I won't like to kick it off. <laughs> You'd like just, to not talk about it like, at all. Like literally, can we just go ahead and fire Jim Harbaugh? He's not going to get fired, but he is. Yes, going he to, is. He's going to get pushed to the. He's going to get pushed to the Ohio State is going to beat them by nine hundred, and he is, they're going to have to get rid of him. Dude, are you telling me they're going to stay within one touchdown of Ohio State? No, no, there's no way. Gonna, Penn State, are they stay I within think. Two? No, because Penn State, I think, is is pretty overrated. I think they have a really, really good defense. Their offense isn't that explosive. But it, it's a miracle that Michigan kept this one within a touchdown because they did not play great. I mean, I watched this game start to finish as well, and they did not look good. They did not look good at all. Penn State was winning 21-0 to zero at one point. It was really bad because I, I on my college pick them, I had uh, – okay, so I think I need to talk to you guys about something. On my college pickums, I've been fading my picks, and that's probably why I'm 12-0 and in the past two weeks on my pick six because I've been fading myself. I figured out how to do it. I've been doing it. Uh, I picked Michigan to win this one in my pickum, which might mess up my record there, but who cares? My, my, the Blue Bloods ranking is all that matters to me. So um, as long as I'm 12-0 and in the past two weeks on this podcast, that's all that really matters <laughs> Oh, man. He's getting fired because they're going to lose next week, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, it, it's a and they'll probably lose to Michigan State. That's uh, debatable. That's uh, debatable. No, it's not. No, Jim it's Harbaugh still has not beaten Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. It's been yeah. like six years, bro. That's true. That's. I mean, it's fair. He's had time. He's, He's so garbage. I cannot stand him. Wow. But can we That's... get back to the fact that Michigan outgained Penn State by almost 200 yards and still lost? Sloppy play, man. It's just they've got Shea Patterson quarterback, and if that doesn't oh, – He's so cool. garbage. Yeah. They should have just kept him. I, I don't think they wanted him. So I just, I'm just so pissed about this game, man. It, like, you got six years. You got multiple top ten, top five recruiting classes year after year. You're just like, we're one piece away. We're one piece away. And you're like, Shane Patterson's that missing piece. And then y'all are still garbage. I mean, I understand your frustration right now. Uh, I'm going to ask he's, you to calm down just a little bit. But he's garbage, bro. Yeah. He, he's going to be on the podcast with us when he gets fired. He's, he's going to need a job. He's going to be the third host. He's just going to be a recurring guest. We're just going to have him on every single episode. He's going to be our only guest. Um, I hope he's better at talking than he is coaching. Okay. I mean, you're, you're really laying <laughs> it right now. He, he gets paid so much money. Like, you are one of the highest paid coaches in college football, and you can't, you can't win a game. You, you can't beat Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. I- and like I get, I don't know why you're coming to me now. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to agree with you. But, Dude, he is making seven point five million dollars. 
I mean, he is. Uh, that's that's a fact. Um, so, do you think that he's a better? I mean, obviously, you don't think he's a very good college coach. <laughs> do you no. think that he's? Do you think he's a better NFL coach, or do you just think he's overrated as a whole? No, I mean, he wasn't bad in the NFL. No, but... I mean, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like that's great, and he did it with you know Colin Kaepernick and that team, and they beat some good teams. And really and truly, they could, they had a chance to win that Super Bowl. Yeah, but, they did. But the thing that gets me so if he was making the same as another coach who's going seven and five, nine and three every year, I okay, that's fine with me. But he's getting paid the second most in college football behind Nick Saban, so he's getting paid more than Kirby Smart, than Davo Sweeney, than Dan Mullen, Tom Herman. You know, he's making more than everybody else, and he's not putting out any wins. He has not even been to the conference championship. He hasn't even beat Ohio State or Michigan State yet. And I just – yeah, he's just been – he's been grossly, grossly um, overrated. Yeah, I I think my final thought on this game – or my final – I guess thing I'll say about it is that I guess now Penn State's uh, 500 on their whiteout games. Everyone talks about these whiteout games like it's so intimidating, like it gives Penn State such an advantage. Coming into yesterday, they were five and six in these whiteout games. They had a losing record. So I guess now, I mean, they're they're 500, they're six and six. But I mean, it's a cool thing to see. But and I I can imagine it's probably pretty intimidating. But I don't. I mean, you can't. I don't know why you keep the tradition when you're when you have a losing record going into the game. I don't, I don't know, bro. It looks pretty dope. It looks really cool. I'm not gonna, I mean, and people are getting there. I mean, it's what was it, a six thirty kickoff? People were there at yeah. like eight a.m. I mean, I guess it was college game day, but um, I don't know. People were there just all day, and they were all wearing white. Um, maybe problematic. I don't know. We'll find out. So let's go and move on from this segment into our next segment, and this is actually a new segment. It's things that we missed. Zach and I decided that, especially this week, there were a lot of things that we needed to touch on that didn't fit in any other segment. So this is where they all go. This is just kind of like like a junk drawer. Um, this is just the miscellaneous segment. So anything we missed, anything we haven't talked about, anything that doesn't fit in another segment goes right here. And so let's go ahead and kick this off. And I think that the first thing we have to talk about is this Wisconsin-Illinois game. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was hyped. I was so hyped. I was, I mean, Wisconsin, I guess, in their defense, uh, for anyone who didn't see this game or anyone who didn't see the recap or anyone who doesn't own a television, I guess, because this was literally everywhere. I mean, I was watching a different game when, when Illinois won. And the, the, uh, the, announce, the commentators stopped what they were doing to be like, oh, oh, we're getting some news. Wisconsin just lost to Illinois. So unless you don't have a television, you you probably knew this. But Wisconsin dropped this game to Illinois 24 to 23 on a last second field goal. It was like a 39-yard field goal. Um I mean, it wasn't like a gimme, but everyone knew that they were going to make this field goal. Uh so uh, I don't I don't really want to talk about it a lot. I've been very high on Wisconsin this whole season, but <laughs> Exactly I mean, it, it. I just don't understand how you're going to treat Jonathan Taylor like that. Like, you have one of the greatest running backs that we've seen in, like, the like recent history, and you're going to put out that type of production. 
I just uh, I don't even understand how they won. I'm not like the, the starting quarterback for Illinois went nine for twenty one. Yeah, uh, Brandon Peters does not look great, and their leading rusher didn't even have a hundred yards. I I just uh, I don't even know how it happened. Uh, to be completely honest with you. Uh, like when I saw it was twenty to seven, I was like, "Oh, that's great!" Wisconsin does it again, but apparently I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I don't even know where to start with this game because this wasn't a game that I watched. Uh, I don't even know what channel this game was on, to be honest with you. It, it Big was, Ten Network. That's why I didn't watch it. It was on Big Ten Network, so uh, I did watch like the like the final. Uh, I did watch the field goal. Um, I, so I was watching the other game on my TV when I heard the announcers talk about that. And I had, I had the Wisconsin game on, on my phone because I saw that it was a very close game. And I saw that Illinois, I got like updates from a couple of apps, uh, not to brag, but I don't know. This game was just super close the whole way through. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin had a 10 point lead in the second quarter. It was 10 to zero, but Illinois came back and scored, you know, they scored a touchdown. Uh, so they cut the deficit to 10 to seven Wisconsin kicked a field goal 13 seven and it was just like there was no point in this game I guess there was only like two points in this game where it was more than a touchdown lead for Wisconsin more than a one position lead so you know that 10-0 lead that I talked about and then in the fourth quarter Wisconsin kicked a field goal early on to make it a 23-14 game and so I mean Wisconsin just kind of crumbled toward the end of it uh I mean, yeah. three turnovers will do that to you. I don't know. I guess the bright side for Wisconsin is that they still haven't trailed. They didn't trail this entire game until that last kickoff, by the way. Uh, they haven't trailed this entire season for even a second because the field goal was a last-second field goal. It hit with zero seconds left on the clock. Wisconsin has yet to trail with any time left on the clock. So, uh, I, just, I, don't I just don't Blinding. know how you lose. Like, how do you lose to a two and four Illinois team? It's not even like they like that stadium was empty, so it wasn't like home field advantage either. It was just like you gave that game away. I don't know. Lovey Smith might be magic. That's that's my take on it. I mean, that they got to get it together, or that, that Ohio State game is gonna come real quick, and life's gonna come at this Wisconsin defense real fast when Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins come into town. Uh, for everyone listening, the attendance of this game was 37,000 people. I don't but know. The stadium, but the stadium probably only held like 42. Yeah, but the game wasn't even sold out is the thing. 37,000 people, that shouldn't be intimidating. Uh, looking at this win probability on ESPN, it's it's hilarious because it's just – it's Wisconsin is like a 97% favorite all the way until the very end, until <laughs> until they kick that last field goal. And then it just drops a million percent to, to uh, Illinois as a 100% favorite when they won. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just something – I don't know what even went wrong for Wisconsin here. I guess turnovers. Everything. I don't know. Yeah, everything. So, I don't know. I don't have too many more thoughts on this game. Uh, so I want to go ahead and move on to our next topic. And that is Tua's injury last night against Tennessee. Uh, oh, man. It, it's not a good look for this Alabama team. Lucky for them, uh, this injury is only going to have them out for a week, I think is what Nick Saban said uh, post game. So I guess that's mm-hmm. nice. I mean, he's going to miss the Arkansas game, which good news for Alabama because if this were – I mean, literally any other game, then they might be in trouble with Mac Jones taking the snaps. 
Yeah, but and I mean they're lucky they played Tennessee last night. Yeah, because they didn't look the same after Tua's injury. Um, you know, uh, I watched a good bit of this game and I wasn't greatly impressed with Alabama. I mean, I've been you know kind of iffy on them all year because they haven't played a huge in a huge game yet. But if Tua doesn't come back a hundred percent for the LSU game. Bama's going to be in trouble because LSU is going to be ready to play. And Joe Burrow in that offense is going to come into Tuscaloosa and start lighting up the scoreboard. And Matt Jones isn't going to be able to keep up. No, he's not. And I think I speak for all LSU fans when I say this right now. No LSU fan wants Tua to be hurt for this matchup. Everyone wants him to be back 100% because I know if he's not back 100%, then all that anyone in this country is going to hear is, oh, well, Tua wasn't, you know, he wasn't all the way there. Or if he doesn't play at all, then it's going to be Tua didn't play. LSU, uh, that was a fluke win. Okay, so I want to see LSU beat Alabama at full strength. Tua looked pretty good, um, you know, as this game progressed and before he got hurt. I mean, he was 11 for 12. And that one, he didn't have a pass that hit the ground because that one incompletion was an interception. So he had no touchdowns on this game. So Joe Burrow cut the deficit on total touchdowns. I think Tua has 30 for the season, and Joe Burrow has 29 because he beat the record yesterday for LSU, mm-hmm. um, which is another thing I want to talk about. But um, I don't know. If, if Tua's not back 100%, uh, they might be in trouble. I mean, they've still got LSU to play, and they've still got Auburn to play this season. So that's yeah. – I mean, those, I are, those are two serious contenders. And yeah. I just I don't I don't know if they I don't think Alabama's defense is as good as years past. So I don't know if they can lean on the defense to carry them through this injury. They can against Arkansas, but if you go into a game like you said against LSU or Auburn, I don't think the defense is going to be good enough to keep them in the game. No, they they're not. Especially when they have Mac Jones, like I said, taking snaps. Mac Jones. I mean, I didn't know his name. I didn't know um, too much about Alabama's backup quarterback, Sumi. Uh, but, but when I asked who he was, uh, I was watching the game with some friends, and they said Mac Jones. I thought they said Matt Jones. So I got kind of excited for Alabama. I was like, oh, they've got a quarterback named Matt. This is going to turn out well for them. Uh, and then I saw that he was playing the way he was playing, and I was like, he can't be. He cannot be a Matt. And then they're like, no, his, his name is Mac Jones. I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense because this guy's a bump. And I don't know if it was that this game plan wasn't made for Mac Jones. I know that, you know, something that the commentators kept pointing out last night, they couldn't let anyone forget, was that he's a righty and two is a lefty. And that makes all the difference on the O-line. You know, typically you put your blind side, your, your best O-lineman or your biggest O-lineman or whatever you want to call him, uh, you put them on your quarterback's blind side. And so we saw Mac Jones get hit a couple times in the pocket last night. Uh, I don't know if that's an O-line problem or if that's Mac Jones holding on to the ball for an eternity or what it is. But, uh, you know, I, I guess just to sum this up, I hope Tua gets healthy again. Uh, no one wants to see an injury, especially when he's had uh, leg injuries kind of throughout his career. So hopefully something yeah. – hopefully something uh, – hopefully we get some good news from Tua in, in the near future. So let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. Uh, Zach wanted to talk about something about a BYU matchup. So Zach, go ahead and take, go ahead and take the reins. Yeah, guys. So I forgot to kind of mention it last week, but 
BYU knocked off Boise State this week, in case you guys didn't see. They started a kid named Baylor Romney. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And so he is the third string quarterback for BYU. Their starter, as we all know, Zach Wilson, got hurt. But they had another kid start last week named Jaron Hall, who was announced that he was out of the game with a concussion. Uh, Jaron Hall was the first ever quarterback to start for BYU, who was an African-American. Kind of cool. Ever. Ever, guys. Like, well, it's Utah. The history. So. Well, I mean, but still, dog, it's 2019. BYU <laughs> that football forever, man. I yeah. mean, so I thought that was a cool thing. But also, I just wanted to talk about this BYU team knocking off an undefeated Boise State team who has a history of sneaking into the BCS or whatever you want to say. They, Boise State came in and BYU with their third string quarterback put it on them because Boise State cut it close late, but the whole game BYU was up by like two touchdowns. And I just thought it was a weird tidbit that it was their first ever flat quarterback that started a football game at BYU. Yeah, uh, super interesting. And so um, that is pretty cool. Uh, didn't realize that. Uh, I didn't watch this game, so that that is pretty. It, cool. it, it, it was um, there was no you know Pac twelve after dark this week, so they put Boise Boise State and BYU after dark this week. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, <laughs> so with, I guess with our last topic, unless Zach thinks of something else while we're talking about it. Uh, for our things we missed segment, we're going to talk about undefeated teams through week eight. And so, uh, you know, we all know the obvious ones. We know Alabama's 7-0. You know, they're number one in the AP poll right now. Uh, number two in the AP poll, we have LSU at 7-0. Number three, Clemson. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Oklahoma. We know all, all of the serious contenders. Zach mentioned earlier that he didn't even know that Baylor was 7-0 until last week. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But one one uh, specific team I want to talk about in this segment was SMU. How has SMU uh, snuck by to this point to where they're 7-0? I mean, they beat Temple um, yesterday. That was supposed to be my upset of the week. I thought that SMU may have been frauds. I didn't – I mean, it's SMU. So, I don't know. They're 7-0 somehow. Maybe they took my advice and just started cheating. Um. I really hope they built the car lot again. Okay. I hope so, too. Because in case you guys haven't seen the 30 for 30, SMU built a car lot literally, like, on campus so recruits and new football players could go get cars when they got to campus. Yeah. um, That's that's amazing. And, you know, I'm pretty sure Bama probably has a Dodge Charger – dealership like in the athletic facility that's fine yeah no nick saban definitely gets all his players jobs at the local cadillac dealership and so that's why we see (laughs) an escalate yeah you see like escalates dodge chargers you know the alabama hooks their players up but you know like i would like to think smu just has like you know a stable of horses and they just (laughs) give like every recruit like their own horse yeah shout out to them like 
it, it, it would be amazing. But I mean, the fact that like SMU and Baylor are still undefeated, just, I mean, it kind of blows my mind because if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that any of these teams would have been undefeated, I probably would have called you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not only Baylor and SMU. I mean, obviously we have Penn State. I left them out of the obvious ones. But you keep moving down, and, and you see Minnesota is undefeated, Yeah. which I don't know who thought that would have happened. I mean, they moved into the FBS just a couple of years ago. Um, so they're undefeated in the Big Ten, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, and then you I got mean, Appalachian State, too, who's undefeated and ranked. It just doesn't make sense. And they play South Alabama next week, so that's – chalk them up for 7-0. I will say, yeah, they're on the road at, you know, South Alabama. But I promise you guys, we're both from Mobile. There won't be more than, like, 15 people in the crowd for that game. <laughs> Wait, it's in Mobile? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, dude, and, I mean, an interesting game that's coming up, though, just off, you know, randomly, is Appalachian State plays South Carolina. Yeah, November 9th. Yeah, and they have a bye week the week before that game. So I am very, very, very curious to see how, you know, Appalachian State looks against South Carolina because I think they could pull it out. Yeah, and the toughest remaining games for this Appalachian State team, which they may end the season undefeated. I don't – they might be the new UCF. Who knows? But they've got South Carolina, which is obviously that's going to be their toughest matchup. And then after that, I think their toughest matchups, I guess, Georgia State um, and Troy. So – I mean, they're in the sun, but they're in the fun belt. So I, I guess, I guess their schedule's not going to be super, super hard, but um, I mean, they definitely have a chance to go undefeated this year. Uh, I mean, South yeah. Carolina would be tough, but I mean, if they pull that off, go ahead and go ahead and write it down. They're undefeated for the season. I mean, I'm, I'm just super impressed. I mean, I know that Appalachian state has always been good and, you know, you should, it, you know, you should, I guess, always, take them seriously but to be only a few years into being fbs and already be ranked and undefeated is just amazing to me and you don't see a lot of people doing that no definitely not um so let's go and move on to our next segment we've got risers and movers um if you've been listening for the past month you know what we're doing here but this is what we replaced our top 15 poll with because that just took entirely too much time so, uh, with my first riser this week, and it may be a little controversial. I don't know why it would be because I don't think Clemson's really been challenged. I've got Clemson moving down a spot, and I've got Ohio State jumping them. Um, I think Ohio State might be the real deal. Uh, they still haven't been super tested, I don't think. We'll see what happens next week when they play Wisconsin. I think that'll still be a great game. But, uh, uh, you know, I think they're better than Clemson at this point. I mean, Clemson's riding the coattails of their defense and Travis Etienne. Trevor Lawrence is struggling. I mean, he went three touchdowns and two interceptions yesterday against Louisville. Uh, that was a question mark for anyone wondering. But I don't know. Clemson <laughs> hasn't looked great all season. They haven't played anybody, so they're probably going to end up undefeated. But, I mean, even if they did win yesterday 45-10, to 10, it still wasn't an impressive win to me. Okay, so just a quick debate. I have to ask you, so I've heard this Clemson team be compared to two teams in the past and about like how they look and how they're motivated. And so 
one argument I've heard is that they look like the two, like the USC team back in the Pete Carroll days when the Pac-12 was garbage and they didn't look motivated at all during the regular season. But in the but when it came to BCS time, they would start smacking teams. And I'll be honest with you, that's probably how it's going to end up happening. It, and it makes yeah. me so mad. It makes me so yeah. mad that I know they're going to get to the playoff and then they're going to somehow win it. it, it uh, I don't even yeah. want to think about and, it. And then the other comparison is that they're like the 2014 Florida State team. And in case you guys didn't know, that's the season after they beat Auburn for the national title. And when Jameis Winston and that whole team came back and they went to the playoffs, and Oregon out. beat them by 30. Yeah, and Jameis Winston just looked like a bum. Like, that kind of foreshadowed his pro career. I yeah. remember it. I remember it. Yeah. And and so, honestly, it kind of reminds me of that. That that makes a lot of sense. It, that's how I feel. I think I, – I really think that they are the 2014 Florida State team. And when they get to the playoffs and, and if they have to play whoever comes out of the SEC or have to play Ohio State, they got they, they need to be ready because – they do. They don't look motivated. They don't look like they have it together. So they they need to figure out what's going on ASAP. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that that was my first. I guess I guess I was a riser and a mover. So Zach, who do you have? Um. So my biggest, you know, dropper, of course, is Wisconsin, who dropped six spots after their embarrassing loss to yes, um, yes, yes. Illinois. I had them drop um, too. Yeah, I I don't see how you can keep them above a lot of these teams. Um, I had two new teams into my t- into my rankings in Utah and SMU. Um, I'm still trying to hold out, but they keep winning, so I guess I'm going to have to start moving them up. And, you know, everyone else has kind of moved up a spot. I mean, the interesting team to me is that Penn State is at six in my rankings, and they have a real shot at the playoffs if they can win out. And that is not something I saw coming at the beginning of the season. No, not at all. Um, and with my last uh, mover, I guess, uh, moving all the way to the bottom of my rankings, actually dropping out, moving to one, no, 131 in my college football rankings is going to be uh, Jeremy Pruitt uh, because he just <laughs> continues to do what he's doing. Um, he disappointed us all when they punted this, this Saturday. Uh, you know, I, no one took him seriously, but I still kind of wanted to see it. But not only that, but I've got a discussion I want to bring up real quick, and this is probably something we should have done in the things we missed uh, segment. But when Jeremy Pruitt um, grabbed his quarterback's face mask this weekend, everyone had a fit. So, what are you? What are your thoughts on this, Zach? Dude, I think everyone's just so soft nowadays. I'm telling you, if you've ever played football at any level, then you know this happens. This isn't like new this isn't something that has just all of a sudden been invented by Jeremy Pruitt but and I have him on my list as kind of a joke he's not a great he's not a great head coach the reason I had him on the list is because he grabbed the player by his face mask it's just that's ridiculous that happens in football it happens in football it's so stupid you're gonna get yelled at if you're not looking at your coach when he's when he's when he's on you he's gonna grab your face mask he's gonna get your attention I mean you I mean something has to happen and by the way that dude's a bum (laughs) <laughs> that quarterback and every and all the commentators during the game were talking about oh well why is Jeremy Pruitt getting mad at him that was his that was his call I don't really think that was his call I don't I don't think that you react that way if you called that on the sideline because Tennessee ran a hurry up offense um 
and he decided he wanted to be the hero, so he throws the ball over the goal line, fumbles, and it's returned 100 yards for a touchdown for Alabama. I don't think that Jeremy Pruitt called that. I think that was – And I I don't know. I'm I'm just – people are acting like the dude just – you know, he just beat the dude down on the field. Like, all he did was grab his face mask to make a point. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I just it, don't understand it. I don't know. And, and, and like I said, just to reiterate my point, I think that this is something that's going to happen in football. I mean, even if you don't see it on national television, you're going to see it at practice. You're going to see it everywhere else. You're going to see it in the locker room. I mean, you have to, at some point, as a head coach, you have to get this guy's attention. If he's not going to look at you when, when, he, when you're talking to him, I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, he didn't abuse him. He didn't, he didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. I think that grabbing his face mask, that's a normal part of football. I mean, he didn't – I mean, he wasn't, like, abusing the player is, I guess, the point I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a whole lot, you know, to do about nothing. Uh, I think it's – it's just stupid. Uh, I don't know. I think people just need to get over it. Yeah. Don't let your kid play football if you don't want this to happen. Right. There's a, there's a lot of other stuff that we should be worried about in football before we worry about a coach grabbing a player's face mask. So um, let's go and move on to our next segment. We have dumpster fires. And so, Zach, I'll let you go ahead and start this one. Yeah, so I actually have um, two this week. Okay. One's a one's a brief one. One's a brief one. So my first one is Missouri. All right. And I feel like we can all agree that you know Missouri probably should not have lost to Vanderbilt. No, like but, like I said earlier, they were leading the SEC East. All of a sudden, they lose to Vanderbilt. I don't know what's going on anymore. Yeah, we're changing it to the SEC least guys. SEC least. SEC oh. least. But I mean. What does this say about the SEC East? I mean, you have Missouri trash. Georgia looks just as much every bit of trash as Missouri did this weekend. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the Kentucky-Georgia game, but they were tied 0-0 at halftime. Yeah, like, not great. No, no, Nobody scored. And at halftime, Kentucky did not throw a single – pass no it was just I don't understand why you're not leaning on Jake Fromm but you know yeah I mean it it blows up so Kentucky had another set of injuries in case you're confused and so Kentucky started a running back at quarterback he went two for he went two for 15 17 yards and had a three QBR I didn't know you could – okay, so he's the worst quarterback this week then. They yes. Okay, now we get Oh, to it was so bad. It was so bad. I remember watching this game, and I was just so confused. I, I, I did not understand how this happened. But – so I think Florida is just going to be lucky, and they're going to take the SEC East because just by default, because everyone, everyone else is just garbage. And, Which is insane because if you would have asked me after after they played Miami, I thought Florida was a bunch of frauds, and they I think they were with Felipe Franks taking the snaps. But now they've got Kyle Trask, and I mean he's the real deal. I mean we've seen what he can do, and so uh, maybe he'll keep yeah. rolling. So and it's just another another year the SEC East is going to go to the SEC championship and get smacked <laughs> per usual. Yeah, yeah. But then my last dumpster fire 
is um, the Oklahoma Sooner bandwagon. I guess is what we're going to call it. Boomer Sooner or Sooner yeah. Sooner. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw this. They always run out, you know, with like the carrot. I don't even know what to call it. Um, it's like a it's wagon. Like a, yeah, it is a wagon. <laughs> so, and so they run around the field with the horses and, you know, they do their whole shebang. But this week, the horses had enough and they took the turn way, way, way too sharp and tumped this thing, bro. And it threw this chick like 15 yards to the left, man. And, there's a bunch of people running with it to help people, and they went and checked on the cart before they checked on the girl who got thrown like 15 yards. Man. Did you hear? Uh, I forgot who it was. It was one of the commentators talking about how well she took that role. It was so no, funny. I did not. It was so funny. He's like, "Yeah, you see that? That's why. That's why she's walking away from this one because she took that role like a champ <laughs> when she <laughs> fell off of the freaking wagon." So, oh my lord. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's that's a good dumpster fire, Zach. Um, and so my dumpster fire this week, and everyone knows I've got a beef with this, with with the uh, with them. Uh, I've got CBS as my dumpster fire this week. What what are you, who do you think you are, CBS, first of all? The, and I guess the main reason I have them on here, first off, because of CBS All Access. Everyone knows my beef with that. I can't, I mean, I hate it. I pay for it, but I can't stand it. Um, so that's the first thing they did wrong. Second thing they did wrong was put was put LSU and Mississippi State as their two thirty game. I mean that's absolutely bonkers. It doesn't make sense to me. The CBS contract, no one can wait for it to be over. The SEC hates it. Um, and, and I guess my final, and this is the main reason I've got them as my dumpster fire this week. So if anyone watched the LSU Mississippi State game, or if anybody has any social media of any form, or if you're alive, then you know that Joe Burrow had his pants pulled down this weekend. Everyone saw his butt. Post-game pressure, he said there was a full moon out in Starkville. Hilarious quarterback. Um, and so, uh, you know, if that would have happened and it was live on the air, okay, fine. But CBS had the audacity to replay this like six, seven times before the next snap. And so now I, th- I believe they're facing fines from the FCC because, like I said, if it would have been live, that would have been all right. But they, they're just replaying this. So that just, I don't know. It, it was a funny moment. But it, it's just CBS has to get it together. I don't know how you allow that to go through um, so often. But it happened. So uh, that's why you're my dumpster fire yet again, CBS. So the beef continues, I guess. <laughs> they're going to come after you, bro. I'm telling you. Good. I hope so. I hope they do. I'd love to fight them. Um, So that kind of leads into my top performer segment. Um, So with my top performer of the week, I've got Joe Burrow from LSU. Surprise, surprise. No one saw this one coming. Joe Burrow uh, beat yet another LSU record this weekend. He threw his 29th passing touchdown of the season, which puts him uh, as the leading all-time passer or for passing touchdowns in LSU history. Um, Pretty cool, kind of cool stat. Uh, he had four touchdowns against Mississippi State this weekend. I mean, it is Mississippi State, but if anyone watched the first half of this game, LSU didn't score a touchdown. They were leading, I believe, nine to seven and a half. Time. It might have been nine to zero, but um, you know they didn't score a touchdown. And so, uh, 
Second half, they come out. LSU starts rolling. Joe Burrow throws four touchdowns. Doesn't even play in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, I, I don't know how. I mean, he, he's he's the Heisman front runner right now. Um, I don't know how he's not everyone's top performer this weekend. Mm. Uh, well, he was not my top performer. Okay, well that's that's because you're dumb. But I mean, but literally Mississippi State made Bo Nix like a Heisman candidate. Well, yeah. It's Mississippi State. I mean, there's no getting around that. Dude, Kansas State beat them. Oh, yep. That's, yeah, that's, that's tough. In, in Starkville. Yep. 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 Yeah, so, so do you feel bad about your pick now? Yeah, you always find a way to make me do that, so. <laughs> so, my top performer is Oregon. We briefly talked about this game. Um, you know, they beat Washington. They trailed by 14 points in this game. Um, Justin Herbert looked like the truth and you know their playoff hopes took a big turn with the Wisconsin loss that we talked about earlier yeah uh, that they, they could definitely get in now if they went out and that's and because Penn State starts to play Ohio State Alabama LSU stuff to play Auburn still plays both LSU and Alabama uh, Florida plays Georgia and, you know, whoever wins that game will most likely play Alabama or LSU in the SEC championship. So, Oregon's looking really, really good. Because this was like, I, th- I believe this was their final test of the year <laughs> until their bowl game or the playoffs. So, yeah, great week for Oregon. Um, <laughs> good week to be a duck. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, and so, my other top performer is Kansas I know they there lost. We go. I was hoping you were. I was uh, hoping you picked it. Yes, I know they lost, but they deserve to be talked about because they almost pulled off the biggest upset in Kansas history with a win over Texas in Texas. They lost fifty to forty-eight on a last-second field goal, yeah. and I was disappointed because I was rooting for this game. I was more than disappointed. I was disgusted. Dang man, you, like you missing less miles. No, uh, we got Coach O. So that's <laughs> kind of cool. Coach <laughs> uh, O, go Tigers. Yeah. Uh, Puka Williams, huge game, 190 yards and two touchdowns. And Les Miles almost did it again. I guess he didn't eat enough grass and, you know, didn't get lucky enough. He did this all the time at LSU where they would beat teams they weren't supposed to. But, you know, knowing Les Miles, they'll lose next week to a team they're not supposed to, they're, they're not supposed to lose to. That's how it goes. You get it. Yeah, that's just how it goes. Um, Sam Ellinger had a great weekend, though. Yeah, he did. He was absolutely insane. 400 yards passing. No one sees that ever in college football. Um, No kidding. But uh, with my last top performer, I've got Baylor's defense. Um, They looked incredible. I mean, there's there's nothing more – really nothing more to that. Um, We already kind of covered this in the pick six segment. So, (laughs) Baylor's defense, you looked incredible, and that is why you are my second top performer this week. Um, And my third was Kansas, and Zach already covered that. So, we're going to continue. uh, Yeah, and I didn't have a third, but I just wanted to let you all know, I saw what Jalen Hurts did. He lives in this list, so just let it go. He is always on the top performers list. (laughs) He's a permanent top performer. Yeah, we're not going to bore you all with Jalen Hurts stats every week, but let's just say he played amazing. And then he was working out 20 minutes after the game, saying he was still hungry. Don't – just – we'll wait. In the playoffs, we'll see. But I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the truth this year. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's why he squats like 600 pounds. People forget that. 
um, he's always in the gym, I guess. <laughs> That's so stupid, man. It, doesn't make, it doesn't make sense, right? Um, so let's go and continue to our last segment of the day. We've got bad beats. I understand that I'm 12-0 and 0 in the past two weeks, so I don't have too many bad beats. I'll let Zach go ahead and start so I can think of some. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, he does have some bad beats, but it's fine, guys. Uh, so my bad beat is my upset of the week. Uh, I had Tulane beating Memphis. I feel like this was like a pretty simple upset of the week. I think Brandon agreed with it. I think I most of the people I talked to agreed with it. Yeah, and if you didn't see, Tulane got smacked by Memphis. It really forty-seven to Yeah, 47-17, to 17, and it was like a shutout for a while. Memphis, I guess, uh, you know, not even Memphis. I guess Temple is a lot better than we're giving them credit for because this was disrespectful. And Tulane, you let me down. I should have known it was going to happen because y'all have a previous LSU quarterback, so we know how they turn out. You break I them overrated home. you guys. Memphis, you're still okay, I guess. You're average. You've been an average Ole Miss team. So go to your average bowl game and have you an average season. I mean, you sound angry. I'm not gonna I'm lie. pissed. I, am so pissed. <laughs> um, I guess my bad beat of this week is going to have to be um, I have been calling Wisconsin a playoff team since the beginning of this podcast, since the, since the dawn of time um, when the earth was still cooling and forming. I have been calling Wisconsin a playoff team. Um, I said that they're my Big Ten favorites. And ooh, I just yeah, – well, it's it's not looking good for me, Zach. Uh, we just see Ohio State continue to dominate. I mean, I don't really know who they're playing. Uh, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens next week when Wisconsin plays Ohio State. Uh, I've got a lot of thoughts on that. This will for sure be in our pick six in the upcoming episode, so stay tuned. Um, I'm always plugging the podcast, Zach, so take notes. Uh, uh, and last, I'm, I'm, man, come on, bro. I'm plugging. I'm messing, so I'm messing, I'm messing with you. Come on now. You trash. You trash. <laughs> and with the uh, with my last bad beat, uh, I pulled out two because I try to stay humble. My upset of the week also did not hit. Uh, shocking to nobody because my upset of the week has not hit since week one. Uh, SMU, I chose them to lose the Temple, and I think we just talked about that with Zach, but. Uh, Temple, apparently. I mean, they're good, but they weren't good enough to beat SMU somehow. SMU, go ahead and build that car lot. Do your thing. We all know what's going on. So that's going to wrap up our show this week. Uh, That's our last segment. And I just want to thank everybody who's been listening, um, everyone who's been making this show possible. Uh, Zach and I love doing this. I mean, we do this if we didn't have any listeners, but having the listeners that we have makes it worth it to us, um, makes it so much better. And so uh, can't thank y'all enough. Uh, Continue to listen. I mean, we're available on all major podcast platforms. If you're listening to this right now, you know that, or you know that we're available at least on one of them. Uh, So uh, keep listening, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Anchor, um, anywhere you can get podcasts. Literally, we're there. So uh, keep listening. Leave us a review. Um, If you leave us a review, I've already said it. I'll read it on the show. So, I mean, we've gotten a couple five-star reviews, no comments. So, leave a comment, and I'll steal your take. No, actually, we do have a comment. Uh-oh. It says you're a scrub, and I guess don't read the review comments. Sorry, I um, love you more than Zach does, I promise. Yeah, yeah. shout-out to Nick. 
Uh, we appreciate you listening, dog. We appreciate you giving us a five-star review. Um, yeah, he just talked about the podcast. He said we deliver good Will Rodgers, so I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, I feel like that's more you than me. Like, you're a one-liner guy. Um, yeah, I'm the heart guy, it, and that, that's what comes with that. It, it's his dumb brain, guys. Don't let him fool you. Dumb brain, guys. Ouch. Hey. <laughs> but, guys, if you want to follow us on social media, it is at the underscore blue bloods on Instagram. Uh, we post on there. Uh, I don't even know how often we post on there. We post on there a lot, to say the least. Um, Twitter. It is at the underscore underscore blue bloods. Um, yeah, we also post on there. You know, it's it's interesting. Um, also, tab bit note: Nick Saban officially said to us out as I'm talking. So you guys look for breaking Arkansas news. To pull. Yeah, you guys look to um, Arkansas over Bama next week, guys. Um, <laughs> and then on Facebook, it is at the blue bloods pod. Um, go like, share, all that stuff on there. Um, like Brandon said, go on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, leave us a review. We'll shout you guys out. Um, big things on the way, but appreciate you guys listening and shout out to you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, we'll be back on Thursday with our preview episode for week seven. Uh, so keep listening. It's week nine, my guy. It's not week seven. Yeah, I do that a lot. Like the other day I was in class and I, I took a test and I wrote that it was like October 15th, 2015. So I get confused. I, I'm, I'm probably dyslexic just by the looks of it. It's his dumb brain again. Yeah, 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 I guess it probably is. So uh, keep listening for week nine. Um, all right. And we're out.